our God is a holy God. Like Kevin just prayed, if you just take it in for a moment and consider the God that we worship, He's the creator of the galaxies, yet He knows you intimately, more intimately than a mother with her newborn. God knit you in your mother's being. Today, God wants to meet you here. We're not playing religion. Uh, The fire in front of you is just a symbol, but it's symbolic of what God says in his word. God says that he is a consuming fire. He is holy. The message title today is Keep the Fire Burning. Keep the fire burning. And I want to ask you today, as you contemplate your walk with God, your faith in God, the way that you're living, how would you describe the level of your faith? Honestly, more importantly, how would God view your faith? Would it be described as a strong fire? Or a dying ember. In the Old Testament, God would set up an altar system where he would have the priest create a fire. And it was a place of consecration where we would gather before the fire and that an animal would be slaughtered to make atonement for us. And the blood of the animal was representative of Christ who came and died in our stead. But as we come before the fire, we have to realize that God is holy. And the fire, we're drawn to this fire, but God is a holy fire. And so we must go with reverence and caution. When we bring a sacrifice, one of the things that you need to consider is that when we bring a sacrifice to God, He wants all of us. He wants us all in. He wants us to buy in. Kathy's talking about football. And the, and the good teams will say, how's the team doing? They're all in. They bought into the system. Well, God has a way He wants us to worship Him. And, and the question that He has for you today is, are you all in? Or are you holding back from Him? Sometimes we don't want to approach the fire because of sin that we're carrying around, like a burden, like rocks in a backpack, or a fetter on our ankle. God wants that from you. He wants all of you. He wants the things that you've been holding back, the parts of yourself, the best parts of yourself. He wants all of it. And as we come before His altar, He wants two things from you. He wants all of you, not part of you, not the pieces you've given him. He wants all of it. And he knows you can't carry your sin. And he wants that too. Your job is not to start the fire. Your job is to keep the fire burning and to prepare your altar for him. 
Please turn in your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 6. Leviticus 6. The verses for today are Leviticus 6, verses 8 and 9, and then we'll skip to 12 and 13. Really today, it's about verses 12 and 13. Leviticus 6, and if you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Leviticus 6, verse 8. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth on the altar all night until the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. Okay, skipping down to verse 12. The fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and he shall arrange the burnt offering on it, and shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13. Fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out. You may be seated. Let's pray. God, we just come before you knowing that you're holy, that you're a consuming fire. Knowing that you want to give us life and warmth and light, but you also want to purify us. You're the living God, and we honor and we respect you today. Teach us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week, um, you know, this is a real compliment to Pastor Chris's message. Last week, we looked at the book of James, and like Kevin mentioned, a lot of us are going through some challenges, difficulties. And there is a question sometimes, why am I going through this difficulty and hardship? And it's true, sometimes we don't know. But sometimes the hardships and trials are of our, our own doing, aren't they? And sometimes God prunes us and gives us difficulty to get our attention. I really respect what David shared last week um, publicly about how God has been pruning him, whether it's through jobs or whatnot, through a loss of a job to get our attention. And that's a pruning, because who God loves, he disciplines. But as God prunes all of us, none of us are exempt. But now what he wants is this. He doesn't just want to take things to get our attention. He wants us to voluntarily give him everything that we are. And that was our conversation last week. God's gotten our attention. Now, are you willing, when you think about your life, when you think about your goals, when you think about your money, when you think about your relationships, when you think about your fears, your health, your mental health, your spiritual life, your, all of it, is it God's? Or are you holding back? So, Last week, I hope you understood that God is approachable. He's loving. In the face of Christ, he draws us to him, doesn't he? 
Just like today, this fire is symbolic. It was, it was amazing before service. We're all gathering around, right? And we gather around in community together around the fire. But there's a fear of it and a healthy fear. Apart from the fire, there's no life. Uh, Pastor Chris has been on a, uh, what's that show, Alone? That show Alone, he's on this big kick where he was talking to me about it. And basically, it's one of these shows where they drop people out in the woods and to survive. And um, maybe Pastor Chris is in the woods somewhere right now, <laughs> right? What's the first thing they need to do? Create fire. It's one of the first things. Because there's no fire, there's no life. And in Israel, after God drew the people out of bondage, God set up the tabernacle. And he had a fire in the tabernacle that was burning 24-7. And the priest's job was what? Never let it go out. That's all of our jobs. Because God in the New Testament says that we, if we've been in Christ, we are a royal priesthood. We're all priests. And the priest's job is to keep the fire going. This fire can't go out today. Nathan... Sheldon, put some wood on that thing. (laughs) We have to keep the fire burning. And in ancient Israel, especially in the time of the wilderness, can you imagine how pitch black it was at night? Have you ever been in a place, maybe not in LA, but somewhere where it's so dark and maybe there's overcast so there's no stars. It's so dark you can't even see the hand in front of your face. Raise your hand if you've ever been in a place like that. Scary, especially if it's cold. Well, imagine that's what the Israelites were going through. I mean, desert cold is cold, but in the middle of the camp, in the center of the camp, There was a fire always burning. And that fire represents the holiness of God. Do you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you? That you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you really believe that? The fire of God burns. And it's a centering point. If a little kid was getting water in the middle of the night or whatever he was doing to to help his, his parents at that time, and he got lost, or she got lost, you always could see the fire to recalibrate and figure out where you were. It gives heat, it gives life, it gives a reference point. A lot of you, a lot of us are struggling. We're lost. We're feeling disillusioned. Don't lose sight of the fire of God because it'll orient you back to a fixed point of where you are and where he is. So let's. Um, so today, you know, last week, Pastor Chris was uh, talking about uh, six principles that he learned from James. And today, before we go into a new series on joy, um, in this time, I believe God wants to teach us maybe four or five lessons from Leviticus. You all with me? I want you to really be thinking: Our God is a holy God. And he wants to move City Bible Church forward. 
but he can't move us forward and he can't move your life forward if you're hanging on to sin or you're hanging on to what you think your life is. You remember in the book of Joshua when Achan had sinned, the whole camp was affected. He had a secret sin. One individual can hold back a whole group. You don't want to be the one to not only hold back your own life, but to hold back the church. Jesus is approachable. Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Jesus said, let the tax collectors and the prostitutes come to me. He's gentle, he's loving, but he's also holy. And when he returns, he comes as a warrior. He loves us so much that he wants us to resemble him in holiness. So today is about the holiness of Jesus. And our job is to keep the fire burning. All right, that's the intro. Remember, the fire shall not be put out. It shall not go out. Okay, so the first principle, if you look at verse, in chapter 6, verse 8, what's the first principle? It's quite similar to what Pastor Chris talked about last week. He talked about the importance of brothers. It says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command Aaron and his son saying, this is the law of the burnt offering. Was this one person's job? It wasn't. Even today with our fire pit here, our symbolic fire pit, it took a lot of coordination. Garen had to talk to his, his friend. I talked to Norm about some things. Nathan was helping me with some wood. A lot of us were, okay, you, you keep the kids away. It takes a lot of coordination, okay? And the same is true when we want to keep the fire burning. So the first principle is if you want to keep the fire burning as a church and in your life as an individual, you have to be in fellowship. If you're alone, the fire will go out. There was a whole network of priests. If it was just one person collecting the wood, preparing the sacrifice, someone's going to get exhausted. And if they fall asleep and the fire goes out, so God said not to let happen. Who's in charge of the altar of your life? Who's in charge of it? Is the fire your responsibility? Your responsibility is to keep it cultivated, and your responsibility is to encourage others. Uh, just last night, we were with some uh, members of the church, and, and we, just, we just took some time just to encourage one another, to talk about how we appreciate who we are as individuals. And in this church, Pastor Chris mentioned it as well, if there's someone that hasn't been coming or someone in your small group, Reach out. Encourage them. That's how we keep the fire burning. We keep the fire burning in fellowship. We encourage one another. We get others into the fold. If we wanted to put this fire out, what's the first thing we do? We separate the embers. And if, the, if, if Satan wants to pick you off, he wants to take your ember and put it away from the church. He wants to separate you. He wants you busy. The cares of this life. You know, vacations are tough sometimes. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. But in some ways, it's very easy to fall out of service, isn't it? 
you know, you miss one week, you miss another week. Um, you know, Jen and I, we take, you know, we visit my folks and it, it, it sometimes we get busy with school, we get busy with work, we get busy with the cares of this life. All of a sudden, it's so easy. It takes energy. I mean, just since we started the service, how many times has Nathan had to come up? When I was back in New Hampshire, um, we, had a, we have a fireplace and we just keep the gens in front of the fireplace and I'm hanging out with my dad watching a game. If I don't just get up periodically, every half hour, every 15 minutes, faithfully, what happens? Fire goes out. And if it goes out, out, you're starting from scratch. How about your heart? How about your faith? Is it out, out, or is it low? If it's low, you got to keep it going. And one way we keep it going is by getting close to each other in fellowship. When we're in fellowship, we're strong together. Even the way the Israelites had the camp, it was something like this, centered around God, about the presence of God. Are you with me? So the first principle is what? We keep the fire burning in fellowship. Here's the second principle. Okay, I guess this is second and third, okay? Pastor Chris usually only wants like four, but I'm going to sneak a five, okay? This is really important. Your job is not to start the fire. That's not your job. That's God's job. Your job is to keep the fire burning. And we'll talk about how to do that. So that's two and three. Whose job is it to start the fire? Whose job is it? It's God's job. Who is the author of your faith? It's God. It's not you. Some of us think, oh, I got to conjure up this faith. I got to conjure up this thing. I got to do this religious stuff. No, that's God's work through the power of his Holy Spirit. Your job is to prepare the altar, which is your heart. You arrange your life for him. You arrange the altar for, for God. You set your life in order. You get up early in the morning and you start to pray or you start to read your word. You start to be in fellowship. And then God will bring the fire. And, I, and in those rare cases when others brought fire of their own doing, God doesn't like that. That's how Aaron's sons got destroyed. It's because they brought their own fire. No, it's the fire of God. Leviticus 9 you don't have to turn there. It says that fire came out of the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering. Judges 6.21, there was another story when Gideon is before the angel of the Lord and a fire flared from the rock from God. Gideon made an altar and God brought the fire. In 1 Kings, this is a famous one, right? Elijah and the prophets of Baal. He made the fire in community. Did he start the fire? No, fire came from God. When David sinned, he sinned many times. He built an altar and God brought the fire. So this Christian walk, God knows that you can't heal yourself. God knows that you can't take away your own sin. He knows these things, but you have to approach him with a certain way. But don't try to replace God. Don't try to replace the Holy Spirit. 
Do you know, you know what I mean? It's not a works righteousness type of attitude. God is the one to start the fire. Now, how do we keep it going? Well, I kind of alluded to it. How do we keep a fire burning? We're not alone. You have to keep feeding it. And you have to tend it 24-7. You have to guard your heart. The heart is your altar. You have to guard your heart because out of it come the issues of life. So when you get up in the morning, what do you do? What do you listen to? Get in the Word. Pray. Make that a habit. When you're at work or you're at school or, or, or maybe you're home and it's the time when the depression comes or the negative thoughts come or the temptation comes, you have to guard your heart. You have to say, you know what my day is like a lot of times? I have a good wife, I thank God. You know, in the mornings, the way that she keeps the fire burning, she will listen to the, the audio, with the Bible on audio, okay? So when I go to bed, I'm usually after her, she's listening to the Bible at night. When I get up in the morning, she's listening to the Bible in the morning. Now, I'll tell you what, when you're married to someone like that, it's hard to listen to stupid Patriots podcasts before bed. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm watching this and doing that. Listen, God's a jealous God. Powerful. He wants all of you. I'm not saying it's wrong to have hobbies or do things like that, but don't you realize that this whole world, the enemy, is trying to pull you away from him? Your job is not to make yourself holy. Your job is to go into the presence of God. And right now at work, I'm going through some, some difficulty and trials. But you know what? I was, I was upset about things. And I was like, God, help me with my job. And he's like, or, you know, I need a job. And he's like, you have a job. And, I, and a lot of my day is just like, God, help me. God, help me. <laughs> I do these short little prayers. Do you ever feel that desperate? God, just help me. I've learned that, you know what? Even saying it out loud, driving, God, help me in this moment. You know, someone does something to you, gets you angry. God, help me in this moment. That's how we keep the fire burning. So number one, we keep the fire burning in fellowship. Number two, we keep, it's God's job to start the fire. It's our job. And and number three, it's our job to prepare the altar and to keep the fire burning. We can quench a fire. If we took that bucket of water and we poured it over, it would go out. What are you doing to quench the Spirit of God? When the Holy Spirit came, what were the disciples doing? They prepared the altars of their heart. They were praying and they were waiting on Him. And God showed up through flame, a symbolic flame of fire. But elsewhere in Scripture it says, do not quench The Holy Spirit. Quench also means grieve. What are you doing? God knows what you're doing. What are you doing to quench the Holy Spirit in your life? Church, God wants you not to quench the Spirit. And He wants you to bring that to the altar today. What are you doing? I want you to contemplate that.
What are you doing to quench the Spirit? Number four, we keep the fire burning by preparing a sacrifice. You, it says in Romans 12, you are what? A living sacrifice. And here in Leviticus, the type of offering that's being offered is called the burnt offering. And the symbolism of the burnt offering is it's the entire animal. Okay, verse 9, it says the law of the burnt offering. You put the entire animal on the altar and it burns completely all night. Not just a piece of it, the whole thing. For some of us, we're giving God part of us. I give him my feet sometimes. I go to church sometimes. What if God wants your feet to do evangelism on Saturday with D'Amico? I'm kind of busy that day. He wants your hands. He wants your heart. He wants everything. Who likes bacon? Okay, I had to wake some of you up, okay? All right, when I go camping with my family, actually, it's just, you know, all the brothers go and we bring the kids, okay? We make bacon, a lot of fat. God likes fat. You read this, there's fat in the, it says it right here. Doesn't it? Look at verse 12, you scholars. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning. And he shall arrange the burnt offering on it. And he shall burn it on the what? On it, the fat of the peace offerings. Why goo beef? Why is it so expensive? Fat. You guys serious or what? Okay. The point is this. When you have a bunch of bacon grease and you pour it on the fire... What happens? It's awesome. <laughs> Smells awesome. It's awesome. The fat is the best part, right? Right? God wants your best part. God wants all of you. You are the fuel of the fire. You are to offer your whole self to the Lord. And if you're holding back, it's not pleasing to him. How do you give your whole self? We'll have a time of prayer after, but I want you to be thinking, what area are you holding back from the Lord? It could be that you're meant to be on a prayer team. It's really good to be depended on. It's really good to be part of a team. It's really good to be part of a family where everyone has a role. In my family, it's like, okay, after dinner, we, we're together. We're in community. One of the kids does the dishes. That guy does the table. Paul does under the table. It's just we all participate. We're all dependent on. That's how we move together as a family. Are we really a family? Are we an army of God? Try to do that when you're on the outside. No. 
It starts individually. We give ourselves fully to God. And I understand that there's seasons in life and, you know, when you're in school, you know, you have a certain amount. Okay, it's a season in life to study architecture or design or or whatnot, right? Um, People are in school. I'm not saying that you have to, everyone has to quit and become a missionary, unless your name is Matt F. But if God calls you, are you willing to? I want you to understand something. God promised Isaac, right, to Abraham. And then God did something very interesting. He said, sacrifice him. Did the knife come down on Isaac? No. But he wanted to test, are you fully willing? God, doesn't, God wants to bless you. He loves you. But he wants to know, are you willing to give everything to him? Your career, your schooling, your goals, your dreams, your fears, your house. What if God said, hey, you know that? Sorry, Matt. That's just an illustration. You know that new house? I want you to. You see what I mean? You, see, you know that new car you just bought? I want you to donate it to. Don't do things under compulsion. But do things if God tells you to. I really had to check myself. You can't preach a message like this. And I'm, I'm a very flawed person. And we all are flawed. But we have to say, am I really putting my whole life on the altar for God? And God, there are areas that I might be holding back. You want those. And it could be a very fright, frightening thing. And it goes into very deep places. It goes into childhood trauma. It goes into bad experiences. It go, goes into fears of life. You know, one of my really great friends grew up in a lot of poverty and God has blessed him because he's diligent and he was anointed and he has a certain level right now. But he's also been, he's also talked to me about feeling a, a twinge of being a missionary. And the question that God might ask him is, all right, son, I brought you from this to this. Are you willing to give this all up? I gave it to you. Are you like that? I know there's people in this church like that. Okay, I, I use Garen as an example because you've preached about your father. You've pre- and he's an example of someone who says, I'm all God's. Not a perfect guy. Roots for the wrong teams. But there are individuals in our life that, that are all in and sold out. And God wants that for all of us. Here's the last point. The fifth area that God wants. Why do, what is this whole offering business about? There's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. There's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. You can't wash away your own sin, can you? No, that's why Jesus came. This whole animal sacrifice in Leviticus is a foretelling of the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made for you and for me. But when you contemplate that the sin that you're hanging on to right now is driving the nails into Christ's hands, are you, are you okay with that? Shall we keep on sinning that grace may abound? 
some of us are very, very comfortable in some sort of fake Christianity where we can continue on sinning and think God's okay with it. Our God's holy. He's the real deal. I'm not trying to be harsh for no reason, but this God that we serve is real and powerful and holy. And it's still the face of Christ. He's still gentle. He knows we're going to mess up. And the reason we have this 24-7 burnt offering that you can offer anytime is he knows we're going to mess up. Do you understand that? Why would he go through all this book of Leviticus if he thought that we were going to just be perfect? He knows you're not perfect. He knows you're messed up. He knows I'm messed up. He knows we're going to sin in this life. But what he wants is he wants us to approach the altar and take a moment to recognize that our sin has a cost. We should not enter God's presence flippantly. And I'm probably the flippest person around here sometimes, but, but there's a somberness to approaching the throne of God and the fire of God. And what God is calling you to do is to give up those sins that are plaguing you. He wants all of you. That's one thing he wants in this sacrifice, this burnt sacrifice. The second thing is he wants you to acknowledge your sin in his presence, not to hide somewhere. You know what I mean? Like when we sin, what do we like to do? We like to hide like Adam. We like to walk away. We like to discount it. You can't discount it. It's difficult, right? If you go too far from the fire, you're going to freeze to death. If you get too close to the fire, you're dead. So what do we do? We offer the burnt sacrifice. We, we offer ourselves, all of ourselves, And then we thank the Lord for his sacrifice and we just confess. Do you know what it says in Psalm 51, 17 when David messed up big time? What did David say? He says, my sacrifice, O God, you will not despise. It's a broken and contrite heart. Can you do that? I'm not, God's not asking you to wash away your own sin. He wants your contrition. But if you're like it says in Proverbs, stubborn, and you're like a dog returning to its vomit, you keep doing the same sin. Sorry, that's so gross, but it's the Bible. Have you ever seen a dog? They do blah, they do their sin, and they throw up, and then the stupid dog eats it. That's what the Word of God says is what you're doing and I'm doing when we keep going back to the same kind of sin. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. I do this. I confess it. And you just keep doing this cycle like some sick dog. God, do you really think the living God can deliver you from sin? I'm not saying it's the same for everyone, but we have to bring it to him. One of my really good friends, Mel, from a a church in Orange, he, he was a meth addict. A lot of people, when you're addicted to meth, that's your death sentence. 
if you're really into it. And I, I've shared this before, but it was, I'm not saying this is true for everyone because I believe in a lot of the support systems. But honestly, like for him, he threw his paraphernalia away and he would spend hours worshiping the Lord. And that was his detox, his worship in the presence of God. Again, don't misunderstand me. That's his story. Some people are not delivered that way. But I've met people. I've seen people. And some of you, you've been delivered. You used to be into addictions. There's kids here, but like bad imagery. You know, a lot of guys are on this road. It leads to death. How long? Do you think it's God's destiny on this earth for you to be, keep going down that road? Or do you think someday, by God's grace, if you come into the, before the altar of God, that the living God can free you from that? Do you believe it or you don't believe it? He can. He will. But we have to be willing to put it on the altar. I want to read one passage from David. It's in 1 Chronicles 21. And you can just contemplate it. What had happened is, is, you know, David had his, David had kind of a wild life. I love David. He's a man after God's own heart. Someone who wrote scripture but messed up big time like you and me. And what happened is he started to get really proud of his possessions. And instead of trusting in God, he started to count his armies. Do you remember that story? And what happened is it caused not only sin and death in his own life, but it affected his whole nation, his whole community. Do you know, City Bible Church, do you know if you're part of this community, your sin you do in private affects all of us? What David did is he knew he sinned. And I'll give David credit for this. He sins big time, but then he repents big time. And what he did is he started to build, he wanted to build an altar and he offered money for the materials from someone and the person said, I will just give you the materials. And this is what David said. He said, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice the burnt offering that costs me nothing. So David paid Arunah 600 shekels of gold for the site. David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed a burnt offering and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord and the Lord answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. And the curse was broken. It is good, friends. It is good when you come before the Lord and your decisions to do that and to build an altar of your heart, it's good that it costs you something. It's good that it costs you something. The priest's job was to arrange things for the altar. What things in your life do you need to arrange to build an altar for the Lord so the fire of God can come? We're not playing church. I don't think we're playing church. You know we can do that? You know we can, you know, sing songs and have a little speech and have community and eat um, macaroni and cheese and stuff? And we can say all the lingo 
And you know, you can do these things and the Spirit of God might not even be present. Do you know that? That's just called habit. But God's moving you. God's called you here. He has an anointing on your life. And He wants all of you. So I gave you some cards. Last week, we used those cards to to let the Lord know what areas we're lost in. There are two things that I want you to write on this card. But I don't want you to do it under compulsion out of some empty religious stuff. And this is symbolic fire. This is symbolism. This is not a sacrament, okay? This is not an altar. You know when we have an altar call and people come up or raise their hand? It's real and symbolic if it's real in your heart between you and the Lord. But don't be like Ananias and Sapphira who said, oh, I give it all, and God knows you're holding back. It's better not to do it. That was the New Testament. That's one of the first things the Holy Spirit did. The Holy Spirit does not want you to lie to Him. The reason Ananias and Sapphira were smoked isn't because they weren't generous. It's because they lied to themselves. They lied to the apostles. They lied to the Holy Spirit. That's the most important thing. Don't lie to yourself and don't lie to the Lord. Don't say, I will give this up. I will do that. But also, just know that like Aaron's sons, they tried to do this on their own strength. They tried to bring their strange fire and it didn't work. So the first thing I want you to write, if you feel called to do it, is just no one's going to read it because we're going to put it in the fire pit. Yeah, Nathan's like, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, Um, parents, you know, take it from your kids. Just be cautious. We don't want any burns today. Um, I want you to write down what areas you're holding back from God. Just acknowledge it. Lord, I'm holding this area of my life back. Sometimes God prunes you. Like I'm an impatient person, but God makes me wait for things. Does that make me patient? Or does that mean God's (laughs) trying to train me in something? He wants you to yield all of you. What area of your life are you holding back from him? Is it your ambition, your dream, your vocation, your marriage, your future marriage, your fears? You don't trust him in certain areas. Your material possessions, your house, your car, your status. How you define success. How you define being a loser. How you define being a winter, a winner. Your mental health, your spiritual health, your identity. Your, uh, your schooling, your job, your future, your pride, your art. Your worries, your album, your voice, your purity, your temple your hypocrisy, your hobbies, your obsessions, your entertainment, your time. What are you holding back from God? He already knows. And the second thing I want you to write down is what are the sins, the habitual sins that you know are holding you back? And when you bring it to the fire and you just toss it in, fold it up, please. 
just take a moment and pray. It's not a physical act that's going to do anything for you. It's a symbol. It's a symbol between you and the Lord. And Matt, if you want to do your thing, you can. So just take a moment to recap. We keep the fire burning in fellowship. God's job is to start the fire. Our job is to prepare the altar. We, have to, we are the fuel for the fire. We need to give all of ourselves. And then we also have to acknowledge our sin before Him. So on your card, write down the areas that you're holding back from God. Ask God, God, I yield this to you. I confess that I'm holding this back. Maybe you can't give it to Him fully, but write it down and say, God, I want to give it to you, but I need you to help pull this from me. Please help me, God, to, re- to loosen my grip on this area. Just be real with Him. And the second thing is whatever sin, lying, stealing, immorality, not being above reproach, not giving the Lord a good name, lack of purity, whatever it is, give that to the Lord. And I think if we do this, God will bless it. His Spirit will thrive in you. You hear the term on fire Christian. He will empower you and His power will live through you. Amen.